0: baseball isn't just numbers 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 this game is not being played on computers you don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks you don't put a team together with a computer
1: Pew. we're talking weighted runs created plus expected wOBA, sweet spot rate defensive runs above average average exit velocity barrel rate xfip BABIP, s-i-e-r-a we are above replacement radio, radio. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Giantsa. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. Uh, we've had a Hall of Fame election happen
0: in the last few days. I gave my reaction for it, but you haven't seen it because I forgot to send you the file. But uh, by the time everyone is seeing this, it will be out. And uh, everyone will know my thoughts on this year's Hall of Fame election.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Uh... You know, pretty, um, albeit you know, one one uh guy just missed, but pretty successful year of Hall of Faming this year, it, it seems like. And I'm sure you got into that, but uh, but yeah, good to in a year full of sort of uh, uh, you know, of dry and and very uneventful ballots or, or uneventful uh, inductions, we we get three, which is very, very nice. Um, yeah, so so yeah, uh. Before we get into sort of the main su- subjects of the uh, of the episode, we have one bit of news to get into with uh, Reese Hoskins, um, you know, of Philly's fame, uh, signing with the Brewers for two years, thirty four million dollars. Uh, what did you think about this move?
0: So it's actually interesting because we did our free agent predictions a couple of months ago now, and I had Reese Hoskins going to the Mariners. My original thought was Brewers because I thought that was the best fit. Uh, it was a it was a you know positional and skill set need for Milwaukee. It was a, a good ballpark for a guy like Reese Hoskins to hit in. But I ended up putting the Mariners because I just didn't think Milwaukee would want to spend that money. I thought they'd be selling a lot more this offseason. You know, there's been a lot of rumors surrounding guys like Corbin Burns, guys like Christian Yelich, even a guy like Devin Williams. And uh I thought that they were gonna go all in on on selling this offseason, but doesn't sound like they're doing that. Corbin Burns seems to be staying. Uh, they haven't. The only guy they've really traded is Mark Hanna. Um, so it, it it's good to see that the Brewers are still going for it as of right now.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, like uh, with with the with the direction they seem to be going in, with Craig Council leaving, David Stearns leaving, and just like how they're not really a big, they haven't acted like a big market team as of late. Yeah, it definitely seemed like things were going in the wrong direction, but they did pick up a a, a, a solid bat, and it. And you're very right in that it is a very good fit. Uh, Reese Hoskins is very power driven. Um, it's pr- he's probably going to work out pretty well in that ballpark, and also the Brewers last year had the third lowest ISO, third lowest um, slugging percentage minus batting average, which is kind of what. Ha- how how much of your offense production is from your power? The Brewers were third, had the third lowest number in that. Uh, so, and it's something that actually correlates to run production quite a bit. Um, so, you know, picking up Reese Hoskins, especially after sort of a disappointing year from Roddy Telez and ultimately the departure of Roddy Teles, uh, it's a it's a very good fit for the Brewers.
0: Yeah, not only that, but uh, you know, specifically they've needed right-handed power hitters for quite some time now in 2023 the brewers produced a 93 weighted runs created plus out of all of their right-handed hitters uh that ranked tied for 19th in all of major league baseball they had a 153 iso uh which goes back to what you just mentioned that ranked 21st and then they also had a 393 slugging percentage from the right-handed hitters and that ranked 23rd Uh, so they've desperately needed right-handed power hitters they have a ballpark that's like catered perfectly to power hitters specifically uh they just haven't you know used utilized the park very well over the last few years uh and Reese Hoskins kind of comes in sort of the same way that I feel like Wilson Contreras or William Contreras came in last year where you you look at that and think is this the best hitter in this lineup actually and that could be almost a feeling with Reese Hoskins if uh you know if if he utilizes his power the right way if he pulls the ball enough um and you know he keeps the fly ball ray right where it is uh he's gonna be a guy that gets you the you know the counting stats he'll hit you 20 maybe 25 homers maybe more he'll drive in you know a good amount of runs um the rate stats are you know more where the question marks lie but i mean i you know given the the standard set that the brewers offense has set in the last few years i think this could be a major upgrade somewhere
1: yeah for sure it's sort of like it's not it's, this isn't the exact uh translation i'm not saying reese hoskins is this but like sort of one man's trash is one is another man's treasure not necessarily that hoskins is trash but he's more valuable in the brewers lineup than he would be in a lot of other lineups um you know as you mentioned uh they only had a 93 weighted runs drones created plus out of the right handers last year and yeah Ru- reese hoskins is gonna he's gonna bring some some slugging he has two or he has a uh, you know In 2021, just as recently as 2021, he slugged 530. Uh, That's very, very good. He slugged 462 in 2022. And, uh, you know, of course, in 2023, uh, tore his ACL and he was unable to play at all. So, you know, hoping that the recovery can be pretty clean on that. Um, But uh, with the Brewers lineup, I I was looking at sort of their projected lineup, and I see, you know, I'm not going to... Go out and say like, oh, they're going to be a good lineup. But I see the the p word a lot. Potential.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of upside, but a lot of questions.
1: It, yes, for sure. You know, it, and that comes with the youth of their lineup. So you know, uh, just going top to bottom, you know, Christian Yelich, he's coming off a pretty good year. Um, I'm not, I don't see any reason why that, uh, falls back. where how how he falls back under you know a below average hitter. William William Contreras is surging. He's He's keeping going. Sal Frelick, obviously one of the one of the top prospects in baseball last year. Uh, he obviously has potential. I'm not sure, he, you know, he's not going to slug a lot, but he could potentially get on base a lot. Um, Reese Hoskins, they just signed. We just talked about Willie Adams. Uh, you know, he's someone who we may be talking about in the top ten shortstops. Um, he significantly un- underperformed his expected numbers last year garrett mitchell was a was another guy who was a top prospect he got injured last year he um he seemed to be doing pretty well before he got injured last year uh then jackson corio corio who's a the number two prospect in baseball like that's one through seven there's a lot of guys where you could easily see them being above average hitters this year which is you know it, it seems like that's a good sign for the brewers albeit you know, not ever, not every one of them is going to be an above-average hitter, and you know, none of them are going to be, none of them you would see being, you know, silver slugger people, uh, except for maybe William Contreras because of the, um,
0: Old thing. Of the
1: competition at 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 his position. But, um, but yeah, I think there's, I think there's some potential there.
0: I think uh, there's very, there's a lot to. Uh, there's a lot of good cases to say that Reese Hoskins might be the most reliable bat in this lineup because there are a lot of question marks here. There's potential yes, but, you know, is Sal Friedlich going to take that step forward? Is Garrett Mitchell going to take that step forward? Will Jackson Chorio live up to the hype in year one? Christian Yelich has been very up and down the last few years. William Contreras. I... Uh, had, you know, a lot of good batted ball luck last year. Will that go down? Lee Adams had a below uh, average weighted runs created plus last season. You know, Reese Hoskins feels like the most reliable bat in this lineup right now, I would say.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially just looking at numbers, like he's he's been fairly consistently above average, like every single season, every single season of his career with no matter the length of it, um, no matter the length of that season, he's been... At least a 112 weighted runs created plus, and uh, in in most cases he's been at least 20 percent above average uh, as a as a hitter. So, um, so yeah, I think there that's yeah that's definitely something that the Brewers needed is not having necessarily a question mark. He's probably going to deliver pretty well, um, which is very nice and good to have on a fairly short term uh, fairly short term deal
0: yeah no i I like the move for Milwaukee I like the move for Reese Hoskins I think uh that ballpark will play very friendly to his his uh, style of offense and uh you know maybe maybe we'll be talking about him on a top ten first base list uh next season
1: yeah yeah for sure <clears throat> for sure so um see so yeah, anything more on the Reece, uh Reese Hoskins signing? uh no, I think that's it all right, awesome so um, yeah, that moves us along to positional rankings. Uh, this is the fourth of five episodes we're doing them, uh, tackling two positions at a time. And we will, uh, you know, after positional rankings end, we will get into players to watch from uh, each team uh, through the next six weeks. And I believe probably doing like uh, a, a top 50 players in baseball list uh, on top of that so uh so excited to be doing that but this week we have catchers and shortstops and uh yeah we're going to be starting with the catchers and yeah before we get into all of it we kind of referenced a lot of um underlying numbers been talking about uh projections for 2024 these are all you know what we think they're going to do in 2024 so we use a lot of underlying numbers like strikeout rate walk rate uh batted ball numbers in terms of average exit velocity barrel rate fly ball rate line drive rate sweet spot rate and that's just because it it's a better projector of um future success as opposed to maybe their actual results maybe they got a little bit lucky on ground balls or something like that so that's why we use a lot of underlying numbers and uh and yeah and uh also all these positions are based on what fan what the FanGraphs roster resource has them projected as? I don't think that was necessarily much of a problem this time around, um, because catcher and shortstop is fairly set in stone. But uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's all we that's all I have to preface here. So, who is your number ten catcher in baseball for twenty twenty
0: four? Yeah, I'm going to start this out uh, with what might be considered a hot take. I'd be very surprised to see if you ha- also have this guy on your list, Chris. Uh, But my number 10 catcher, a guy that I'm pretty high on coming into 2024, is Jake Rogers from the Detroit Tigers. Jake Rogers, I think, had a really interesting season last year. And uh, I'm interested to see if he can build on that in what would potentially be his first full season in the majors. So just to give you an idea, the thing that stood out to me the most, uh, 26.3% of Jake Rogers' batted balls, his 285 batted balls last year, were hard hit and in the sweet spot. That was the fourth highest rate in baseball, minimum 200 batted balls, uh, trailing only Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez, and Jordan Alvarez, and just ahead of Kyle Schwarber, Shohei Otani, and Bryce Harper. Uh, So those are like six elite hitters with Jake Rogers sandwiched right in the middle. Uh, Not to mention he played excellent defense last year. He had, I believe, 10.5 defensive runs above average uh, on fan graphs, uh, which, you know, Albeit the catcher position is very is a lot easier than most some other positions to accumulate defensive runs above average, but ten point four is very good. That's uh, probably elite, especially for someone that only had three hundred sixty five plate appearances last year. Uh, not to mention, you know, his block, his blocking, and his framing on Statcast were also both excellent. He's a guy that hits the ball very hard. He's a guy that hit, lifts the ball a lot. He had a pretty good fly ball or line drive rate of twenty four point one percent. A good fly ball rate of thirty two point four percent. Obviously Detroit is not the most ideal ballpark uh to do that in, but you know what, he's he's been making it work, and I feel like there could be a lot of upside in a full season of Jake Rogers. So I have him in my number ten.
1: Yeah, that is that is definitely a hot take. Um yeah, I I uh I was not really considering him. I don't I don't think MLB Network uh had had uh him in their top ten. So yeah, it's That's definitely fine. It is definitely a uh, yeah the sh- the shredder it's that's no uh, that's no diss to you the shredder has been has been doing some interesting things as of late but no, uh, I'm
0: I'm fine with being like the lone Jake Rogers guy right now because I get it
1: yeah yeah I mean you're you'll be the you'll be the first to the to the party which is uh which is something to say mm-hmm. um so yeah my number ten. My number 10 had an excellent offensive year. And based on his offense, you could rank him potentially higher. But also he's a he's a newer guy to the to the league. And I'm talking about Astros catcher, uh Jainer Diaz. Um he slugged 538 with an 846 OPS last year. Uh and out of 24 primary catchers with 350 plus plate appearances last year, his slugging and OPS ranked first. Uh he was basically, yeah, plate appearance for plate appearance pretty much the best offensive catcher in baseball last year which is pretty crazy to say uh and uh he was also he also uh was in line with his expected numbers he was 92nd percentile in expected batting average and 96th percentile in expected slugging uh along with that he was a pretty neutral defender um and yeah if if he's someone who can do this on a consistent basis and be an everyday catch for the Astros well putting up those offensive numbers, he's going to rise among these ranks. Uh, I think the only reason why I don't have him up higher is I need to just kind of see him do it again um, and uh, and continue to do this. But, I mean, pretty amazing season. And definitely uh, for me, he he earned that top 10 uh, status just based on what he was able to do offensively while being a pretty neutral defender uh, as a backstop for the Astros. Um, so, yeah, uh, Yander Diaz is my number 10. Who do you have as your number nine?
0: Uh, my number nine, this might also be considered a hot take. Uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, someone you'd think wouldn't be on the list to someone that might be higher. Um, And I feel like you probably view this guy the same, but in any other year other than this one, I think this guy would be a top-tier catcher. I'm talking about JT RealMuto. Um, he regressed pretty heavily throughout the 2023 season. Uh, just on defensive runs above average alone, he was a negative uh, after being plus 18 and plus 16 in 2021 and 2022 respectively the first time he's been a negative defensive runs above average catcher since 2016 so a lot of defensive regression happened there not to mention he also set a career high or excuse me a uh, a well yeah basically a career high in strikeout rate he did strikeout more in his 11 games played in 2020 in 2014 but uh, in a full season his highest career strikeout rate also his lowest career walk rate uh, in any season since 2017, struck out 25.6% of the time, walked only 6.5% of the time. So uh, that was an issue. He also kind of just started popping the ball up out of nowhere. He set a career high in pop-up rate at 9.3% this year. Um, there are a lot of things that I'm very concerned out about with JT Realmuto. He's going into his age uh, 33 season right now, and his framing most particularly is what's been alarming because in 2021 – He was an 85th percentile framer on uh on statcast and then he went to 50th percentile in 2022 and then second percentile with negative 13 framing runs uh in 2023 which is certainly uh, not what you want to see and oh by the way uh fangraphs agrees he had plus 8.6 framing runs in 2021 1.1 framing run in 2022 negative 12.2 in 2023 so uh, no matter where you look it was a massive defensive regression from JT Rio Muto he was a borderline uh, above average offensive player uh, which is also a bit of regression for him and uh, i don't know i i'm very concerned about what the last season might be telling about JT Rio Muto's future
1: yeah that was that was extremely odd uh, from JT Rio, Rio Muto last year like there's mm-hmm. it like it it some of it seems sort of anomalous but there are some worrisome trends uh and yeah it's it's definitely it's weird to evaluate jt real muto this year considering how awesome he was in 2022 and even a little bit before that and how you know disappointing his 2023 was so it's it's weird to balance like well actually how is how good is this guy how is he bouncing back is he not it's it's a very weird thing um so now on to my number nine uh who is kind of the opposite of yiner diaz he's you know all all defense uh not a lot of offense i'm talking about patrick bailey um who hit your all mlb underrated team last year um so patrick bailey led all catchers in fielding run value and defensive runs above average last year uh, and he was second among all fielders in fielding run value and he was first among all fielders in defensive runs above average uh in 2023 So, you know, the most defensively valuable uh, player in baseball last year, Um, offensively kind of struggled on the surface, at least he had a 644 OPS, but underperformed his expected slugging by six uh, by 61 points. So you, you think that you'd think that maybe things can balance out a little bit. Um, and he underperformed his expected slugging on fly balls by 345 points. And I know that some of that is sort of natural when you're playing at Oracle Park, where there's a lot of deep parts of that ballpark. However, I think that might balance out a little bit. And Patrick Bailey can be a guy who could get a 700 OPS this year while being possibly the best fielder in baseball, which would uh, which would put him in the top 10 for me. Uh, so yeah, that's Patrick Bailey at number nine. Who do you have for your number eight?
0: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it there. Patrick Bailey was on my all-underrated team, and I have him at number eight. Uh, I mean, yeah, you pretty much said everything that I was planning on saying. Um, You know, there are certainly improvements to be made offensively, but, you know, not only did he lead uh, everyone in fielding runs and in defensive runs above average, uh, but he did it in 97 games at the, you know, total. Uh, If we, you know, just imagine what that would look like in a full season. Like, we're talking Yadier Molina peak numbers. Uh, if he can do that, and yeah, he he underperformed his expected numbers by quite a bit. His he had an expected slugging of four twenty, and he slugged three fifty nine. Right, if that balances out, he's probably a league average hitter. And if he continues at you know that defensive pace while being a league average hitter, that's like a five and a half to six win season in in, you know over the course of like one thirty games played as a catcher. Um, and you know he needs to strike out less and walk more. I would I would love to see that, but. Uh yeah, I mean he is an absolutely gifted fielder. Uh blocking could be a little better, but he is a plus 16 in framing runs, a 1.87 pop time. Uh each of those are elite and also six uh six caught stealing above average runs, also 98th percentile. There are so many things that Patrick Bailey just not excelled wouldn't even be the right word, just completely uh lapped the field in last year at the catcher position defensively. Um and he had, you know, on a rate basis, is one of the best defensive catcher seasons we've seen since any sort of defense started being tracked, uh, going back maybe to 2008, when you know, when framing runs started being tracked on band graphs. Uh, and he had 2.8 wins above replacement in 97 games with a 78 weighted runs created plus. That's not normal. That does not happen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if he can be a league average hitter and keep up that defensive pace we're looking at a guy that's going to be probably like top 20 uh at the very least in the league in F4 among position players. So yeah, I have Patrick Bailey at my number 8 and that might even be an understatement come year's end.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like uh and also uh to to add to his case he was also a fairly neutral base runner as a catcher which is pretty rare usually that's an automatic negative although he was negative he was negative 0.7 which is basically neutral and then along with that he's also only heading into his age 25 season you know that was his rookie year so he's due to develop a little bit more Um, so now on to my number eight uh, who is one of the better offensive players at this position uh talking about wilson Contreras of the st louis cardinals He is a 125 ops plus over the last two years and out of two out of 24 catchers with 600 plus plate appearances in the last two years his ops ranks second um his defense is fairly neutral uh it seems you know, I think it's, I think he might've had like negative three fielding run values or something last year, maybe negative two. Uh, and you know, it's nothing too egregious. Uh, so having that, so him having that along with great offense is a very good combination. Uh, the most alarming thing about, uh, last year and maybe why I don't have him higher is he ran 0.9 less feet per second than he did in, 2022 which is a sign of uh you know slower speed and he had uh a 15 percent extra base taken rate which was 23 percentage points less than the year before so it seems like he is a he's going to be very negative on the bases albeit his offense is pretty awesome for a catcher and his defense is fairly neutral so i have him at number eight uh what is your number seven
0: um at number seven i have another uh kind of sneaky pick maybe i don't know if this is really considered sneaky because this is a name that pretty much most baseball fans know uh but i'm more just predicting a breakout for him next year i'm talking about francisco alvarez uh, of the new york mets there are a lot of things that he did well last year there are a lot of things that he didn't do so well i mean first of all uh he's an elite framer already you know plus nine framing runs uh very good defensive runs above average last year 17.9 and only 123 games and 423 plate appearances um you know obviously like the upside of, of his offensive game has been very clear for many years now he was a top prospect in baseball coming up um and he lifts the ball a lot um 31.9% fly ball rate only a 15% uh, line drive rate and, and an 8.4% pop up rate which obviously you would like to be lower um, I think the only thing with him is he does hit a lot of balls straight away. For a guy that hits the ball in the air a lot, you don't want to hit as many balls straight away because they're going to result in more flyouts. Naturally, that's uh, you know, oh, well, it's not part of the reason he has a uh, three-third percentile expected batting average. That's probably because he strikes out quite a bit. But, uh, you know, we've known that the upside has been there for Francisco Alvarez for a while, and for what was considered, you know, not a great year for him in terms of batted ball. Profile, he still tuned out a league average, almost league average, 97 weighted runs created plus. So I think like a 120 to 130 is in there for this year, plus all that defensive value that he has, he adds to the Mets. Um, I think he's going to be a star catcher. I think he's going to be kind of what he was expected to be, uh, and I think we could see it this year.
1: Yeah, for sure. He, he made his impact last year, and, uh, and he was the number one prospect coming up. And we saw him on the on the Rumble Pony. Shout out shout out to Binghamton. Yes, we did. Um so Shout out to Binghamton. So yeah, yes, for sure. Um so this is where uh my number seven comes in. I'm talking, I'm going with uh JT Real Muto here, who you put at nine. Um yeah, things were extremely weird with uh, JT Realmuto last year from 2022 to 2023. His fielding run value went from 13 to negative 9. His extra base taken rate went from 54% to 30%. BSR went from uh, plus 6.6 to negative 1.5. His OPS plus went from 130 to 106. All of those were at least eight year lows, uh, which is just incredibly weird. It, it seems very, very random. Um, I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if it if it's a trend or, you know, like with a lot of these guys, I don't know if that's a trend or if that is just an outlying season. So I would imagine some of those are outliers or I imagine some of those number, at least some of those numbers are going to balance out. And that's why I think he will be, you know, still a top seven catcher. Um, But yeah, there there are some things that are definitely alarming uh, with the extra base taken rate being being as low as it was the BSR being as low as it was. And also, uh, you know, hitting, he was, he was worse at hitting last year and all these numbers were at least eight year lows. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what dragged him down. I think last year he was a consensus top two catcher. So it's weird to have him down so low on our list this year. Uh, but that's, that's, that's how fast, you know, things sort of tapered off for him last year. And, you know, there's, there's some new blood at the position as well, which, uh, which, came up, came up above him. So yeah, we'll see about JT RealMuto this year. It's, you know, was last year sort of a trend or was it just a weird season? Um, Who is your number six?
0: At number six, this might be another hot take. You're probably going to have this guy uh, at higher than six and that's totally fine. But I put Will Smith at six um, of the Dodgers. He is coming off a career low in weighted runs created plus at uh, only 119. You know, he was You know, I think his biggest uh, asset has always been his offense. He was kind of recognized as the best offensive catcher in baseball for a while. Um, I don't know if he still holds that title with a 119 weighted runs created plus last year. And he still did a lot of things very well. You know, I mean, a 119 is still very good. He had his best base running season. He had a strong defensive season on fan graphs, but not quite on baseball savant. Uh, He was good at blocking and he was good at pop time, but... Ah, uh, his framing regressed this year to a negative three. Uh, and, in fact, he's also kind of always struggled with framing uh, since he's come up. but and that's a lot of the reason. But his batted ball profile also uh, kind of went down a bit uh, in the last year. um he he dropped he dropped some in exit velocity. um, he did have a decent sweet spot rate, but his expected numbers uh, did take a bit of a dip. ah uh, four seventy three. It's four seventy two, uh expected slugging respectfully in twenty twenty two and twenty one. Only at four thirty-five this year. He went down about forty points and it's in expected slugging. Um and his defense has been, you know, all right. Uh I mean by by like elite catcher standards, I would say. Um, but there are definitely some better defensive guys out there. And I don't know if his offense has had the appeal that it used to have. So I put Will Smith at six for that reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Will Smith is an interesting conversation because he made such an impression at such a young age, and we were talking about when is he going to be. You know, it's it's going to be a matter of when, not if, when he's going to be like the best catcher in baseball. And you know, we've we've actually seen his performance uh, regress a little bit, although he still has time to you know get he back to that does. status. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's been weird. Um, and and some catchers have sort of jumped him on this list. Uh, so uh, my number six is. Uh, Jonah Heim who is coming off a career year with the Rangers Um, so with Jonah Heim among all fielders in the last two seasons he is fourth in defensive runs above average that led him to uh, winning the gold glove last year and um, what's impressive about Heim is he's made some just incremental or maybe even not so incremental uh, progression offensively in like pretty much every category uh since 2021 which is why you kind of have to be high on the guy uh he has improved his average on base percentage slugging percentage barrel rate and expected wOBA each year since 2021 um and along with that he was an above average hitter last year while being fairly neutral on the bases along with you know being a gold glove defender so that definitely has a tremendous value um and uh along with that with with his offense what can be what you can be optimistic about and what you can how you can expect them to maybe outperform his expected numbers is out of 204 hitters with 500 plus batted balls in the last two seasons jonah heim has the ninth highest pulled fly ball rate uh the ninth highest rate of batted balls that are pulled fly balls um so yeah that leads to a little bit Maybe a little bit higher of a high, uh, of a home run to fly ball ratio, which is nice, uh, adding to that offensive production, uh, which was already above, above average last year. So yeah, Jonah Heim um, made a really good impression, had a real hot start to the year last year, cooled off a little bit, but nonetheless was an above average hitter and uh, won the gold glove while being neutral on the bases. So yeah, very good year from Jonah Heim. I imagine you have him a little bit higher, so you'll get, definitely get into him as well. Uh, so yeah. And now you're number five. Yeah, so for number five, I put a guy that I actually.
0: William Contreras from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, a lot of why I have him so high was the incredible progression he made defensively in his first full season. Uh, it was his first year of his career playing more than 100 games. and He played 141 uh, and he went from being a, uh, a negative defender on fan graphs to being a plus 18 defensive runs above average uh, defensive catcher, um, which was just a remarkable turnaround for him. Uh, in terms of framing, he went from uh, the 20th percentile in 2022 to the 93rd percentile in 2023. In terms of blocking, he went from the 22nd percentile to the 90th percentile. So uh, just a truly remarkable turnaround. Uh, of of catching for William Contreras defensively. Um, the only reason I don't have him higher, you know, given that sort of defensive value plus a one twenty four weighted runs created plus, uh, is his batted ball profile. I think there are some concerns. Uh, when you look at the fact that he had a fifty five percent ground ball rate last year. Um, you know, it's it, you definitely want. I don't think there's any scenario where you want a guy to have a 55 percent ground ball rate, especially a guy that you know has a 91.3% or 93 point 91.3 mile per hour exit velocity and a 48.4% hard hit rate. Uh, so I'd need to see William Contreras lift the ball a little bit more. He only had a 20, percent fly ball rate last year and a 19.9% uh, line drive rate. I would like to see both of those go up at least 5% in the next year. Uh, and I think I could put him a lot higher on this list if he does those things. Um, and honestly, just to sum it up, a 26.9% sweet spot rate, second percentile in the league. All his expected numbers are pretty far below what he actually did produce uh, because of that. Uh, the one good thing he did, given this batted ball profile, was hit a lot of balls up the middle. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, ground balls up the middle are have a lot higher chance of being hits now, and they did in 2023, so that probably helped a lot with uh, his expected numbers and his actual numbers um but i still would like to see him lift the ball a little more and ground out a little less
1: right 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 um so yeah uh my number 5 is that's where i put uh will smith uh different will but yeah i've have, i've have will smith number 5 here um so so yeah he's he's interesting because like i said uh you know after even after like 2020 when he had a great you know shortened season and especially after 2021, when he had a very good full season, we were like, okay, this guy, he's really emerging. He's going to be one of the best catchers in baseball. And he's still, you know, in my mind, a top five catcher in your mind, a top six catcher. Um, But it's, it's not what we would have expected, you know, a couple of years ago. And that's largely because his off his offense has very slightly tapered off each of the last two seasons Uh, from since 2021, his OPS plus has gone from, 127 to 124 to 114 and his slugging has gone from 495 to 465 to 438 um so yeah and his home run total has gone from 25 to 24 to 19 all in pretty a pretty similar ballpark of uh of plate appearances so it's not necessarily a a playing time thing um and along and along with his offense slightly tapering off his defense has stayed fairly neutral so nothing to put against him but also nothing to add to his case either um so yeah a, one, a 119 ops plus over the last two years with fairly neutral defense like you know he's he's been pretty good and that's why you know still have him uh still have him as number five but yeah it's it's he's definitely gone down the list over the past couple over the past couple of years um who do you have as your number four uh
0: number four i have uh, i have jonah heim uh and i think jonah heim is kind of talk about is kind of how I talk about uh, my hypothetical uh, dream scenario for a guy like Patrick Bailey. Bailey actually had a higher defensive runs above average last year than Jonah Heim, despite about 40 less games played. Uh, But Jonah Heim has been a league average hitter or right around a league average hitter for the last couple of years now. Uh, 96 weighted runs created plus in 2022, 103 in 2023. And his expected numbers are kind of right With his actual numbers, his expected batting average was only three points lower than his actual, his expected slugging was four points lower than his actual, um, and not to mention, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He walks a decent amount, a little below the league average at 8%, but, uh, you know, for a catcher, I mean, you take that any single day. Yeah. And not to mention, he's been maybe the best defensive catcher in baseball over the last three seasons, uh, almost, yeah, over 50 Defensive runs above average over a three year span is pretty ridiculous. Um, and he's been a league average hitter to go along with it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think he's been he's becoming one of the most consistent guys in the league, you could almost say. I mean, defensively, he's certainly already there. Uh, but offensively, you know, he pulls the ball a lot. he hits he lifts the ball a lot. And if you do those things, you know, you'll find your way into a lot of hits, uh, no matter what your expected numbers say. So, I put Jonah Hyman at number four. I mean, I think he's coming a lot, becoming a lot more consistent with it. Um, And yeah, I mean, he's a very safe pick to uh, accumulate a lot in, in every year now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and something, something that I really liked about him is that he's just made incremental offensive improvements to his game uh, each of the last two years, which is very nice. Um, So my number four, this is where I have William Contreras, Wilson's brother, and your number five catcher. Um yeah, William Contreras, very interesting player considering, you know, the um all the variants that's going on here, like a randomly great defensive season, um, randomly high uh, actual numbers over expected numbers. Uh, but just to break down William Contreras, over the last two years, he is a 130 OPS plus and out of 24 catches with 600-plus plate appearances in the last two years. He leads in OPS. Uh, Also, from 2022 to 2023, his fielding run value went from negative 7 to plus 8. Shout out to Foolish Bailey. He has a little video dedicated to the quote-unquote Brewers Catching Lab um, where they where he talked about how the same thing pretty much happened to Omar Narvaez when he came to Milwaukee. So maybe there's an actual thing there. Maybe we can actually rely on those numbers for, for William Contreras. Uh, along with that, William Contreras led all catchers in F4 last year. And uh, for me, why I don't have him higher is I'm just kind of waiting to see, make sure that that defensive season is not an hour is not an outlier uh, because, you know, defense single year defensive uh, numbers, can sometimes be a little bit wishy-washy as we've mentioned before on these other positional rankings. So I'm just trying to make sure that he is an actual good defender and not just had a random, very good season. Uh, along with that, he's also, as you mentioned, he's also due to regress offensively. Uh, he has hit three Oh two on ground balls the last two years, which is very odd from a catcher because he doesn't have the speed to outrun, uh, for in, for infield singles. Uh, And uh, him hitting 302 on grounders has led to him having the fourth luckiest difference in batting average and expected batting average out of 110 and also the fourth luckiest difference uh, batting average and expected batting average on ground balls out of 204 uh so he's been fourth unluckiest or fourth luckiest in both uh so yeah he's due to regress a little bit if he had a 130 ops plus over the last two seasons and wasn't outperforming his expected numbers uh, i probably would have him a little bit higher but i think those that ops plus number is due to regress a little bit um so yeah that is my number four who do you have as your number three
0: i feel like we're gonna have the same top three in order uh, at number three, I have a guy that you drafted in the F four league last year, which proved to be a, a winning move for Team Chris. I have Cal Raleigh as my number three catcher. Uh, and first of all, Cal Raleigh just absolutely refuses to uh put the ball on the ground or uh hit it anywhere other than right field because he had a fifty point eight percent pull rate last year. A 35.1% ground or fly ball rate and only a 31.7% ground ball rate. Uh, having a having a fly ball rate that's almost 4% above your ground ball rate is kind of unheard of, to be completely honest. And Cal Raleigh did it last year. Uh, he also did it to an even crazier extent in 2022. A 41.5% fly ball rate to a 29.6% ground ball rate. I just love that he refuses to hit the ball on the ground. Uh, just to give you an idea, he had the second-highest pulled fly ball rate in baseball, minimum 300 batted balls in 2023, behind only Max Muncie, right in front of Izak Paredes. You know, Izak Paredes has made his entire game uh, about pulled fly balls, and Cal Raleigh actually does it at a higher rate. And not to mention, he's also an elite defensive catcher by any standard that you can pretty much look at. Uh, on fan graphs, he has 82nd percentile framing, he has... Uh, 87th percentile caught stealing above average. So he's good at throwing guys out. He's good at, uh, at stealing strikes, as Foolish Baseball would put it. Um, he could be better at blocking, and that's all right. But, I mean, on fan graphs, they also love him there. 20.7 defensive runs above average last year, 18 in 2022. Uh, Cal Raleigh has been, you know, an automatic uh, four-win catcher for over the last couple of years now, uh, even with a high strikeout rate. Uh, and even with low batting averages, with below la- league average on base percentages, uh, he's he's turned out an above average offensive season with elite defense every year.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Uh, yeah, drafted him in f four, and it, the fun thing about drafting a very defensive defensive oriented player is they could go over four, and there's like no change in their f four the next day, which is. Yep. pretty fun whereas whereas if you're drafting if you have like Pete Alonzo in your lineup or um or Yandy Diaz if they're 0 for 4 it's a it's a rough yeah, it's an automatic me. go down no matter what no matter what no matter what but uh that's that's an aside with uh with Cal Raleigh yeah I have I have number three as well um and yeah for for many of the reasons you're talking about he has a 116 OPS plus the second most defensive runs above average and third most F4 among catchers over the last two seasons. Uh, He also has the highest pulled fly ball rate the last two seasons out of 204 hitters. Uh, That's the highest um, rate of batted balls of which are pulled fly balls. And he also has the fifth highest rate of fly balls that were pulled out of 150 out of 153. So due to outperform expected numbers a little bit because he pulls so many fly balls, you know, Hits, hits a lot of fly balls to shorter areas of the ballpark. Um, so yeah, and that's led to him hitting a lot of home runs. He hit 30 home runs last year, 27 the year before, while being an elite defender, uh, definitely a gold club candidate each, each of the past two years. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, his, his high offense production for the position along with great defense, uh, definitely puts him top three for me, uh, as well as you. So, uh, now on to the number two catcher in baseball for 2024. So at number
0: two, I think a lot of people are going to have this guy number one, although I don't think you're going to. Uh, but I did put Adley Rutschman as my number two catcher. Uh, the only reason I didn't put him number one was because there was a slight uh, regression last year, both in defense and in base running. Uh, otherwise, I would have probably easily put him number one, but he did uh, he did a little worse in both of those things in a larger sample size uh, last year. But, I mean, let's talk about what he did extremely well, right? he He has a perfect he has a really, really good batted ball profile for someone of uh, I guess his hitting caliber. You know, he doesn't hit the ball super hard, but he places it very well. He has a thirty seven percent sweet spot rate. with that result, he because of that, he had a, Uh, 95th percentile expected batting average at 292, a 469 expected slugging, uh, which was about 35 points above his actual number. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't chase. He doesn't whiff. And he walks a lot. 13.4 percent. He almost walked as much as he struck out last year. And, you know, he may have regressed on defense, but he's still very good at it. He had... He was above average in every StatCast defensive catcher metric that there is. Uh, He was above average on every Fangraphs defensive catcher metric that there is. He is still an elite defensive catcher, even if he did it a little bit better in 2022. Um, And, you know, there certainly is the potential for him to put it all together next year, and I'm very excited to see if he can do that. Uh, But he's going into his second full season now. You could really even say his third full season because 2022 – uh, he had, you know, 470 plate appearances. He was very close to the close to the qualifier. Um, but, I mean, Adley Rutschman has been everything that the Orioles had hoped he would be when they drafted him in 2019, when they called him up in 2022, everything in between that. And uh, he, I have him as the number two catcher.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like Adley Rutschman's progression has been completely linear, which is very rare. Like, it seemed like he was the number one draft pick. Who's was probably like ranked top 10, then eventually ranked top two, then eventually uh, ranked the best prospect in baseball, then came up and uh, was second in rookie of the year. Maybe would have won it if he had a, if he was, uh, if he started the season with the Orioles, like, like he, and he has, he just hasn't missed a beat at all, which is very, very cool. Um, Yeah. My number two is actually Sean Murphy. Wow. You're like the Sean Murphy guy though. I I was, I, yeah, I was, um, in the uh all M- all mlb underrated team um however i i think part of what changed this might have been when we recorded that after we recorded that i think rutschman went on a great run and, and Sean, Sean Murphy if went to a huge slump went into a very bad slump i think his last 17 games he had a sub 500 ops or something like that um but also i, I think i just did there's just a little bit more reflection to be done um and also this is a projection projection of 2024 and i think adley rushman can make some uh more he has a higher ceiling uh which kind of makes gives me uh his number one status not to spoil not to spoil it yeah i I (laughs) thought you were
0: good i thought you were good i thought that's where you had francisco alvarez or jake rogers
1: yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah i had had connor wong up there i really appreciated Mm -hmm. the interview that we had um (laughs) but uh Sean Murphy, uh, number two, still, yeah, awesome catcher. Uh, over the last two years, he has a 123 OPS plus, the third most defensive runs above average and the second most F war among catchers over the last two seasons. Um, He underperformed his, his expected numbers, but I think part of that had to do with where he was hitting his fly balls. He only pulled 23% of his fly balls last year and sent 44% of them straight away, which was the sixth, sixth highest rate out of 153. Um, The league has slugged 1724 on pulled fly balls in the last two years and 569 on straight away fly balls. Um, So he, so that has led to um, him having worse results on, on the, on the fly balls. So uh, with Sean Murphy, why I think I have him below Adley Rutschman is um, is just because Adley Rutschman actually does have more effort over the last two years, and also Adley Rutschman is younger, and I think has a little bit of a higher ceiling. And I think some of those either base running or defensive regressions could have been potential outliers, so he might be growing his game a little bit further. So, uh, but uh, what is your case for Sean Murphy as the best catcher in baseball for twenty twenty four?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I think on a rate basis I really liked Sean Murphy's 2023 a lot more than Adley Rutschman's. Um, Sean Murphy had almost 250 less plate appearances. He had 438 compared to Rutschman's 687. Uh he only lost to him in F4 by 0.9. Uh he they he slightly edged him out in weighted runs created plus 129 to 127. Uh every expected metric was uh, pretty awesome, and I know that you know the reason you obviously explained the reason why he uh didn't perform up to his expected numbers is because he hit a lot of balls straight away, and the expected numbers don't account for that. But there is something to be said, I think, about uh, a 5.25 expected slugging at, from the catcher position, a 15 percent barrel rate from the catcher position. Uh, I mean, Sean Murphy hits the ball hard. Uh, he hits it in the sweet spot 36.3 percent of the time. He walks a lot. And he was the best blocker in baseball. He was last year, 15 blocking runs above average. Uh, he was 84th percentile or higher in every stat cast defensive metric. He had double the amount of uh, defensive runs above average compared to Adley Rutschman, despite much less time behind the plate. Uh, and I think I, I think John Murphy has a you know great chance of doing that again next year. You know, I think obviously you mentioned the improvement that needs to be made was the uh, you know the spraying of his fly balls a little more to the, to left field rather than center. But you know, I think there is a there last year at least there was a pretty drastic difference between the two of them in fielding, and I think offensively they were kind of uh very similar. So I you know the the defensive edge really put Murphy above and beyond for me. Um, but I mean yeah, there is an easy case to be made for either one as the number one catcher.
1: Yeah, right, 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 and also we mentioned Sean Murphy's expected numbers. He also led catchers in OPS. Uh, out of among catchers with six hundred plus plate appearances, or not six hundred plus four hundred plus plate appearances last year, Sean Murphy had the highest OPS. So it's not just that we're relying on expected numbers. He does have quite the pedigree. Um, in the on the surface numbers as well. So yeah, Adley Rutschman. I have I have Adley Rutschman number one. Um, and maybe those. Uh, F4 numbers are skewed a little bit by um, him just playing more than Sean Murphy did last year, but I think that also ha- has its own value in it as well. Um, but Adley Rushman over the last two years has a 129 OPS plus, uh, over um, and the most F4 among catchers over the last two seasons. Out of 24 catchers with 600 plus paid, play- play- played appearances in the last few years, he is third in OPS plus or third in OPS. Uh, second in walk to strikeout ratio and leads in on-base percentage and weighted runs created plus. And he's also fourth in BSR because of his uh, 49% extra base taken rate over the last two seasons. Uh, He also leads catchers He also leads all catchers over the last two years in both hits and walks. So that's where that on-base percentage definitely comes in. Uh, Also last year, he was 90th percentile or higher in strikeout rate, walk rate, whiff rate, expected batting average, and expected WOBA. And he also has a plus 17 fielding run value over the last two years. Uh, So yeah, and uh, he is heading into his age 26 season, I believe, maybe 27, uh, but still a, a pretty young pretty young player, um, who has very, very good underlying numbers, uh, with himself, just great strikeout to walk numbers. Uh, I think average, like fairly average, fairly average, like exit velocity numbers, but this, uh, with how often he's putting the ball in play, he's due to have very good offensive results, which he has had, you know, 129 OPS plus over the last two seasons, um, along with very positive, uh, base running and defense. So yeah, um, that's uh yeah that's my case for Adley Rutschman is the best catcher for twenty twenty four, um I is this the or this might be only like the second time we've had a different uh number one, uh, pitch, uh let pitcher, me go
0: through the lists in my head,
1: um because yeah it's been C- Corbin Carroll for left field, uh Aaron, Aaron Judge, Judge for, for center, center field, field, Ronald Acuna Jr. for right field we had different starting pitchers which is. It, which is due to happen. You had um,
0: Ryder and I had Wheeler.
1: Uh, I had Freed and you had uh You had Freed,
0: you had freed and I had Wheeler. Yeah. And then
1: uh, and then third yeah. base was then- Jose Ramirez. We both had, and first base was Freddie Freeman. So only the second time we have a different number one. Um, not bad, not bad. But uh, but I think a lot of a lot of these are pretty consensus. Um, especially like first base, center field, like that's mm-hmm. definitely the case. Um so all right so now on to
0: wait we gotta we gotta
1: uh oh yeah.
0: our, or like review our lists
1: yeah our 10 through 1 because yeah we did we definitely had some discrepancies i had some guys on my list that you didn't have you guys you had some yeah i will say list. yiner
0: diaz was my 11 um wilson Contreras was probably my 12 as well
1: right 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 sure um
0: rogers was like your
1: 23 i don't know i just i just list out my 10 and and yeah, I think I just don't I don't really rank after that I'm like oh this make, this guy was in consideration but I don't know um so yeah my my number 10 was uh let me get back to my list here or yeah I, yeah 10 through one uh yeah my number 10 was Yanu Diaz number nine Patrick Bailey eight Wilson Contreras seven JT Real Muto six Jonah Heim five Will Smith four William Contreras Three Cal Raleigh, two Sean Murphy, one Adley Rutschman. What is your 10 through one?
0: Yeah. So at number 10, I put Jake Rogers at number nine, JT Rio Muto, number eight, Patrick Bailey, number seven, Francisco Alvarez, number six, Will Smith, number five, William Contreras, number four, Jonah Heim, number three, Cal Raleigh, number two, Adley Rutschman, and number one, I had Sean Murphy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Um. Now we will get on to the captains of the infield, the shortstop position, which, uh, yeah, the theme of t- today's episode is definitely like defensive value because both,
0: definitely is, both yeah. positions
1: have tremendous defensive value and a lot of, like, not a lot of lists can you have like average or below average offensive players on a top 10 list, but catcher and shortstop, there's there's going to be a couple that are like that. um, So, on, um, so yeah, I'll start with the, uh, I'll start with the shortstop since you went with you started with the catchers and uh this is this take you know it might be a hot take i don't think it just based on his numbers last year i don't think it's really a hot take really at all um but it might be seen as this based on the namesake but at my number 10 i have carlos correa um he had, he's another guy who just had a very weird year last year. And I don't know how much of that has to do with his injury last year. And I don't know if that injury is going to linger on to this year. So I-, I have to be hesitant on him for 2024. Uh, but in 2023 for non 2020 seasons, he suffered career lows in average on base percentage slugging OPS BSR and wins above replacement. Um, the reason why I, uh, am having him top 10 is, Given his 134 OPS plus, uh, the previous two years and fairly neutral defense, I think he's due to be due to bounce back a little bit and be a solid shortstop. Be like a three three win, maybe four win season. He could get back to that six win status. Who knows? But um, but for now, my optimism, albeit is a little bit shaky. I still have some optimism for. Carlos Correa and uh and him bouncing back uh from a below average offensive season as well as a horrible base running season yeah. and a pretty neutral defensive season. So who do you have as your number 10?
0: So at number 10 I have uh another guy that maybe is a surprise given the numbers he put up next year but I have JP Crawford from the Seattle Mariners. You know, I think results wise JP Crawford was more than the 10th best catcher in 2023. Uh, but you know, this list is supposed to be going into 2024 and a lot of his season just has the feels of, we're going to look back at 2023 as JP Crawford's career year. Um, he put up 4.9 F4 in 638 plate appearances. Um, and he kind of has the, uh, you know, the sort of Izak Paredes, uh, Lane Thomas sort of build where, uh, he accumulates a lot of stats despite uh, not as good expected numbers, specifically on the slugging side of things, because he hits a lot of fly balls and he pulls the ball a lot. He had a 43.5% pull rate last year, a 23.7% fly ball rate, which is around the league average. But, um you know, I mean, I think anecdotally, you know, he hit uh, 19 home runs last year after not hitting more than double digits at any other year of his career, I believe, um which was dope. And I think that was kind of just... You know he pulled a bunch of fly balls and found his way into it because I mean you know he only had a a sixteenth percentile barrel rate last year only four point eight percent three point one barrels per plate appearance, plate appearances. Um, he also was very shaky on defense. He had minus eight outs above average, which is uh to be honest kind of on par with where he's been for a lot of his career. He actually it's actually a slight improvement uh over twenty twenty two, um and. Van kind of agreed. He was uh, a negative defensive runs, runs average uh, above average rather, uh, which is really not a good look at the shortstop position because it is, uh, you know, a position where it is a little bit easier to accumulate defensive runs above average. So, uh, you know, it feels like he's a bit due for regression offensively. Uh, The defense is a bit shaky, uh, but he does walk at an an incredible rate. Uh, He's very good with swing decisions. Yeah, I mean, he's elite with swing decisions, 95th percentile chase rate, 86 percentile whiff rate, and only a 19.6 percent strikeout rate. All of those are very good. And again, a 14.7 percent walk rate is elite. So there are a lot of things J.P. Crawford does well, uh, but there is, I think, some reason for skepticism as well.
1: Right, right. So now on to uh, my number nine, which is uh, Willie Adamas, uh, who I kind of prefaced before earlier in the show, talking about the Brewers lineup. Um, yeah, Willie Adams is an interesting player. Uh, over the last two seasons, he has a 103 OPS plus and the second most defensive runs above average and seventh most F or among shortstops, uh, he had a nine, he had a 95 OPS plus last year, which is obviously 5.5% uh, below league average. Uh, but he's due to have uh, just better offensive results. He had the fifth unluckiest difference in batting average and expected batting average out of 129 and the seventh unluckiest uh, Woba and expected Woba difference. So I could see him easily being an above average bat once again, while being a pretty like gold glove quality defender. I mean, second most defensive runs above average over the last two seasons is nothing to scoff at at all. And uh, I was very close to putting him number eight, uh, but just, for whatever reason, I think just uh, put him number nine, and yeah, I think I think there's a lot of op- I think there's some optimism to be had with Willie Adamas, who's kind of had a a little bit of a career rena- renaissance since going to the uh, the Brewers. Uh, who do you have as your number nine?
0: Uh, we're actually doubling up here. I also put Willie Adams as my number nine shortstop, so we agree on that. Uh, yeah, I mean Willie Adamas is an elite defensive shortstop. Uh, over you know he has a uh, about, like, what, 30, or close to, like, 25, actually 25 to 30 uh, defensive runs above average over the last two seasons. Uh, and Yeah, he's been an average offensive bat. He was slightly below average last year, uh, and his expected numbers do suggest he's due for a little bit better. Uh, you know, his expected batting average was uh, 23 points lower than his actual batting average, or 23 points higher, excuse me, than his actual batting average. His expected slugging was 29 points higher than his actual slugging, so... Uh, you know, there is potential that he can get back to being an average offensive bad, maybe even slightly above average. Uh, but there are some things that I don't like about Willie Adamas last year. And one of them, the most of which was that his uh, his average exit velocity dipped by one and a half miles an hour. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but over the course of 400 batted balls, which he has pretty much in each of the last two seasons, that's not a very good thing. An eighty seven point four percent exit velocity is not good. For somebody who has a 31.5% fly ball rate, you know, it will, you know, you will find your way into 24 home runs like he did last year. Um, but, you know, in terms of rate stats, it's only going to hurt you. You know, that's a large part of the reason his OPS has dropped over a hundred points between 2021 and 2023, where he instead had an 80 89.5 uh, average exit velocity compared to 87.4. So that two miles an hour, that makes a 100, essentially a 100 OPS uh, difference. Um, so, I mean, you know, I like the batted ball profile, but I don't like it with that exit velocity combination. And that is actually a case where you either need to hit the ball on the ground a tiny bit more or really just hit line drives because a 22.3% line drive rate is something that I would like to see go up from Willie Adams. I'd like to see him definitely above the league average at least, but I would like to see it in like the 26 to 27 range. Uh, if that's how hard he's going to be hitting the ball. Uh, but he's an elite defender, so I do have him at number nine.
1: Yeah, Willie Adamas, uh, shout out, getting getting some top 10 recognition. Uh, number eight, I have JP Crawford. Um, yeah, interesting player to look at because, yeah, the, last year definitely seems like a weird outline season in, in a positive direction. Uh, yeah, he had an offensive, just an, just an offensive renaissance last year. From 2022 to 2023, he increased his average exit velocity from 85.1 miles per hour to 88.3 miles per hour. Uh, You know, 3.2 mile per hour difference in one year is, is pretty astounding. He also increased his fly ball rate from 18% to 24%. His pull rate from 34% to 43%. And he decreased his ground ball rate from 47% to 40%. Uh, that was all while leading the American League in walks, uh, which is pretty astounding. You mentioned that walk rate. It's over 14%, which is really really good and his OPS plus uh which is you know the on on the surface non-expected number uh that jumped from 100 which is an above which is an average hitter to 131 which is 31 percent above average and uh that resulted in him being fifth among MLB shortstops in F4 last year and second in offensive runs above average uh so yeah the reason I don't have him higher is I need to I need to see him do that again in order to be you know that top six, top five status, um, where uh, you know where he was last year. You know, fifth most F uh, four among MLB shortstops last year. So if he does that again, um, he he rises up the list. But that d- that does seem it, these numbers do seem very weird, and and we could be seeing this as a I haven't or uh, that uh, player who had that one season. You know, if he could be in part two of that uh, yep. of that of that draft. So. Who knows? But um, overall, just like looking at everything underlying and on the surface just went up last year for him last year. And I think he's heading into his age 29 season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So, yeah, it it seems like good things could be ahead for J.P. Crawford uh, in the middle in the middle or at the top of that uh, Mariners lineup. Uh, Who do you have? Number eight.
0: Yeah, so we actually, we agreed on number 9 and we swapped our 8s and 10s because I have Carlos Correa in my 8, and yeah, I mean, what a wretched season it was for him. A negative 9.2 BSR, a uh, 96 weighted runs created plus, a sub 400 slugging percentage. Uh, Yeah, I mean, only a 1.1 F4. It was, it was really, really bad. It was just not a good season for Carlos Correa, uh, but you know, he did, he did keep right around the same batted ball profile. Uh, he did I mean, other than the fact that his uh, his ground ball rate and fly ball rate swapped four percent each, that's definitely not a great thing. Uh, but you know, he kept the same exit velocity. Um, you know, he did he did easy decrease a few things there. But, you know, I mean, I still think, you know, it is only one a uh, down year and I'm still open to the idea that um, you know, he could he could rebound and get back to what he used to be or at least you know a much closer to that than what he was last year. Um I also kind of just want to give him the benefit of the doubt of he was coming off of a really crazy off season personally and maybe he just like wasn't mentally there. I don't know it's obviously very hard to say. Um but you know I feel like he's going into this year uh you know not having come through that not having gone through that crazy off season where he signed with or he agreed to terms with two different teams, had them back out because of health reasons, only to you know lose out on six years and like two hundred million dollars, uh, you know, in in contract uh negotiations, um, you know, and I I want to believe that there'll be more of a fresh start coming into this spring training for him, uh, so you know maybe this pick is more based on vibes, uh, than anything else, but I did put him at number eight, and I really am open to the idea that he's going to be a three to four win player at the very least again next season.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you got to go with the vibes. Sometimes the vibes Mm -hmm. lead you in the right direction. Um, Yeah. And and with Carlos Correa like that, those base running numbers um, are a little bit of an outlier because I don't think he's going to ground into 30 double plays again, because I don't think he's going to have a 70% ground ball rate with a runner on first and less than two outs again, because that was crazy how it was 70% in those situations and 40% in all other situations like that is that is a uh, that is something i i can't imagine that happens once again um so i think those base running numbers will go up and also he was a premier hitter before last year and uh that could easily get back he could easily get back to that um hopefully that foot and ankle are, are in good shape uh so yeah now on to my number 7 which is where i put Uh, Bo Bichette, um, who, you know, I mean, one of the the best offensive players um, at this position, and I think some people might have me underrating him a little bit, but uh, over the last two seasons, he has a 126 OPS plus, uh, also the sixth most F4 among current shortstops, and the second highest weighted runs created plus, uh, you know, that's just the league adjusted and park adjusted uh, offensive statistic that accounts for a lot of different things. Uh, he had the second highest weight runs created plus among 30 primary shortstops with 800 plus plate appearances over the last two seasons. Uh, What's a good sign with Bo Bichette is he increased his line drive rate 6.3 percentage points from 2022 to 2023 and out of 81 hitters with 400 plus batted balls in 2023, his line drive rate ranked second behind Luis Arise, who uh, was the batting title winner in uh the National League. Also with uh, Beau Bichette, uh, very good underlying offensive numbers as well. He was 88th percentile in expected WOBA and nine and ninety eighth percentile in expected batting average. Um so uh, so yeah at the plate he's been very very good uh, where I'm a little bit concerned and why I might have him below some of these guys is he's been unfortunately losing speed the last two years, just statistically in feet per second. And he has not been stealing as many bases despite the rule changes. You know, he's gone from 25 stolen bases on 26 attempts to 13 stolen bases. And now uh, in this past year, five stolen bases, despite the rule change. So, um, so he's not as much of a factor uh, with base running uh, and uh, not as complete of a player as he was Two years ago, albeit you know, probably the same hitter, but uh, but yeah, who do you have as your number seven?
0: Um, at number seven, this is where I put Xander Bogarts, um, who had pretty much, by all accounts, his worst offensive season since 2017, uh, in 2023, in his first season with the Padres. He had his lowest batting average since then, his lowest on base percentage since then, his lowest slugging since then. And then by, you know, by association, his lowest OPS and also his lowest weighted runs created plus, uh, despite the, you know, the, the ballpark change uh, that worked a little more in his favor. He also had his first negative BSR season since 2018. Uh, and from a batted ball standpoint, he had his highest ground ball rate since 2015. He had a 49.8% ground ball rate last year, which I don't love. He had his lowest uh, line drive rate uh, since 2016. Uh, so there are a lot of places where he kind of regressed offensively last year, Um, you know, just kind of going uh, by by the basic stuff, right? I mean, his expected batting average was only 252, uh, the lowest it's been again since 2017. Uh, he, and he was also, uh, you know, he also only had a 27% sweet spot rate, which is like not the hitter that he's been. You know, it's not the hitter that we know Xander Bogarts to be. You know, we kind of know him to be the guy that, Hits a lot of flares and a lot of, you know, a lot of good base hits the opposite way. Uh, but he didn't really do that to the same degree in his first year in San Diego. So I do worry that this could maybe be a trend with Xander Bogarts. You know, I think it's it's always concerning when you see someone regress in that many uh, categories in just one year. Um, he's also, you know, now officially on the wrong side of 30, right? He's going into his age 31 season next year. Um, and by all means, he could bring, bring it back in 2024. But... Uh, you know, I think the shortstop is a very strong position and given what we saw with Xander Bogarts last year, I think it's fair to say that there are six shortstops ahead of him.
1: Yeah. Z- Xander Bogarts, I've always found it weird to evaluate him because, you know, he all of a sudden had a defensive Renaissance, like in the middle of the career, which is very rare. And then, um, and he just always outperforms his expected numbers, but yeah, he's, he's very, he's a very interesting, uh, Very interesting player. Um, My number six is Trey Turner, um, who I I was very high on last year. Um, I thought he was a top five player in the game. Um, He unfortunately was not. Um, But uh, yeah, I think based on the way he closed out last year, I mean, still a a very, very good player. Uh, Over the last two years, just looking at the long-term scale, he has a 118 OPS plus, the fifth most F4 among shortstops, and the second most BSR among shortstops that's base running runs counts for stolen bases extra base taken and just how often you get you get yourself out on the bases um and part of the reason why his BSR is so high is uh last season he was 30 for 30 on stolen bases which is pretty astounding uh, along with that in his final 47 games last year he hit 331 with a 1069 OPS uh, however that was preceded by a pretty, you know, like a four-month slump from him, which was which was pretty unfortunate. And his overall hitting production has been going down since 2021. His whiff rate and strikeout rate have increased in both 2022 and 2023, and his average on-base percentage slugging and OPS have all decreased. Uh, so that's why I have him lower than I would have had him, you know, in a 2022 rank or a 2023 rank, uh, just because I think his overall um hitting production is going down albeit still a, a very good player which is why i have number six uh who do you have is your number six
0: at number six this is where i put boba you had him in your seven uh and i have him in my sixth and you know i think the decline in sprint speed is fair um i think the the defense is also a fair uh point because it's not perfect but uh i think batted ball wise he might have had his best season uh or at least his best full season in his career um his he, he had a 312 expected batting average, which is a, a full season high, actually just a career high in general for him, um, which is ninety-eighth percentile, just to give you an idea of what that is. Uh, you know, I, I think it's very easy to see Bobachette and think of, you know, of high batting average, high line drives and whatnot. But he put up a five oh four expected slugging last year that's 90th percentile. Um, and he more importantly had a 30% line drive rate, which was up over six percent from 2022. Uh, which you know, if you're a guy like Bobuchet, you want to just hit as many line drives as possible, kind of like what I said with Willie Adams earlier. You know, this is what you want to be as a hitter if you're not going to have the most power. Um, and you know, Bobuchet probably not the most powerful guy in the field, uh, especially on the Blue Jays. But you know, he maximized uh his potential. I think with this with this bad ball uh profile, maybe he could have used a couple extra fly balls and a couple less ground balls. But other than that, um, you know, I think he has a really good offensive profile i think he fits what he should be doing um the only thing he could do is chase a little less walk a lot more and then the defense and base running are are not the best sure but you know i think uh, he's very good at offense and he does what he should be doing
1: right 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 um so yeah uh just one spot off um with us uh my number 5 is xander bogarts um a lot of it is a lot of it is, uh, simply like track record. He's been very consistently, you know, at least a four win player at times a six win player, or at least around there. Um, but Xander Bogarts, he has a 125 OPS plus and the third most F4 among shortstops over the last two years, uh, which is very, very good being top three and F4 at the position, uh, over a two year span. Um, And why I don't have him in that top three is because his average exit velocity, barrel rate, and slugging have been consistently dropping. Um, You know, his, his power numbers are just overall down, which just brings down his general offense production. Uh, However, he is one of those players, one of those really rare players that can consistently outperform his expected numbers. You know, his expected numbers were actually pretty bad last year, but he was still able to, put up a 120 OPS plus. Uh, he just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. Uh, I don't know if he plans on doing this, but he just seems to do pretty well on ground balls uh, and maybe just placing them or just finding a way to get infield hits as a guy who isn't necessarily known for his speed, not slow, but not known for his speed. Uh, as he is tied for the most hits with a projected distance of four feet or fewer over the last two years. Usually, that would be reserved for the Corbin Carrolls, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, John Birdie types. But Xander Bogarts is, is that guy who just hits the ball uh, very, very, sh- at a very, very short distance, but is able to get hits out of them uh, for whatever reason. Um, also, uh, an interesting thing about Xander Bogarts is at least outs above average wise, he proved last year. He is a positive defender. Um, he was consistently a negative defender with the Red Sox, but in his contract year, he improved his defense pretty dramatically. And I thought maybe that could have been an outline season, but at least, uh, uh, according to outs above average, he was still a positive defender with the Padres. So, um, yeah, overall that track record, and um, that that defensive improvement keeps me in the top, keeps him in the top five for me um who do you have as your number uh five shortstop
0: yeah number five this is where i put trey turner you put him as your number six we were one spot off on both uh trey turner and on uh who was the guy that i just put at six that i just thank you um yeah i think if we did this list last year we would have probably both put trey turner in the one for shortstops but you know he did regress quite heavily last season and uh you know, we now have him, you have him in your six, I have him in my five. Base running-wise, he is very much still there. He hasn't uh, he hasn't gone anywhere, and he's approaching 50 career BSR, uh, which he's likely going to hit at age 31, which is pretty impressive. Uh, defensively, he did regress uh, quite some last year. He became around a league average defender, according to fan graphs, uh, below average on baseball savant. Um, you know, I, th- I still think he did a lot of things well last year. Um, You know, he... He has a, a fine enough average exit velocity. He's like a little bit above average, and he hit a lot more fly balls last year. Uh, maybe he is a guy that should be hitting more ground balls, oddly enough. You know, it's hard to say that about people. But you know, for a guy that hit a lot more fly balls, he also hit a lot more balls straight away. That's not a good combo, like I mentioned earlier. He went from having a 41.4% pull rate in 2022 to a, to a thirty five point. A nine percent pull rate in twenty twenty three, and his straight away percentage went from thirty four point seven percent to forty point six percent. So certainly, uh, there's a lot to be desired in his batted ball placement to go along with his batted ball profile. Um, but you know, I still think he's very good. You know, I mean, he's uh, stayed right around right around where he was in twenty twenty two in terms of expected slugging, expected batting average, hard hit rate, exit velocity, um, walk rate. His strikeout rate did go up a couple points, but uh, you know, overall, he's still there in a lot of components. And I think he finished strong last year, like you mentioned. Uh, and I feel like he can use that as momentum going into 2024 because, you know, I mean, there is kind of a stigma around your first year playing in a large market like Philadelphia, Um, you know, under a big contract. And, you know, I think he was feeling that for some time. But after the, you know, fav- very famously, after that standing ovation, he brought it back. Uh, So I- I'm pretty optimistic that Trey Turner can sort of uh, bring it back next year
1: yeah really really appreciated the philadelphia fan base it helped me out uh helped me out a, me out a, a tremendous bit um, yeah that's the legendary they got t- they
0: got to get a ring
1: yeah they, they <laughs> it's not the ring they were looking for but they will get a ring mm-hmm. um my <laughs> so now on to my number four Some people may have him ranked higher based on what he did last year. Some people may have him ranked lower because it was just one season. But I have Bobby Witt Jr. at my number four. Um, I know MLB Network has him very, very low. I think he's number nine on their list. Disgusting. It's pretty wild. Um, So with Bobby Witt Jr., why I have him ranked as high as he is. He had the third most F4 among shortstops last year. And from July on... He led shortstops in F4 and had the sixth most in MLB at any position, uh, which is very, very impressive. Uh, And from July on, he hit 310 with a 929 OPS and stole 26 bases in 77 games. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, he was, he was, you know, according to F4, the sixth best player in baseball uh, from July on, albeit that is three months. Uh, So, With Bobby Witt Jr., part of why I may hesitate to put him higher is I feel a little bit weird about his defense. Like, if you just look at outs above average, um, he made a dramatic improvement, but I don't know if that's going to sustain itself because it was a 25-out jump. He went from negative 11 outs above average to plus 14 from 2022 to 2023, but defensive runs saved had him as a negative. They had him at negative 6, so that's a 20 out slash run difference um according to you know outs above average and defense runs saved uh, so i'm i'm curious like i think 2024 is going to clear up some questions with his defense for me uh, I, I feel like those numbers are not going to be as different um so if he is at that plus 14 level that outs above average, uh, has hazmat i think he is easily one of the best shortstops in the game um just have to make sure that that uh, sustains itself, uh, before I put him any higher. So yeah, Bobby, but junior is my number four. Who do you have as your number four?
0: Uh, my number four, I have a guy that, uh, you know, unlike Trey Turner, uh, was absolutely phenomenal in the first year of his big contract talking about a Dansby Swanson, who put up an excellent season for the Cubs a 4.9, uh, fan graphs, wins above replacement. You know, he had a random defensive jump, in 2022 and i think a lot of people were figuring all right contract year fluke uh and no he he did the exact same thing in 2023 he put up 20.3 defensive runs above average he put up 19 outs above average which was i think like the second most behind brenton doyle in the entire major leagues uh or something like that so i mean an absolutely phenomenal defensive season from dansby swanson um and in terms of offense you know, I mean, I think the funny thing about him is like he might be the most average guy uh, offensively in terms of batted ball profile. The MLB average ground ball rate is 44.6%. His last year was 44.1%. The average uh, fly ball rate is 23.5%. His was 22.25.2%. The average uh, line drive rate is 24.9%. His was 24.2%. And the average pop fly rate is 7% his was 6.5%. So he's very uh very average on the uh on the batted ball metrics. The thing about playing, playing in Wrigley is I don't really know like what you're supposed to do in terms of of uh where you hit the ball because you know if you pull it or if you go to the opposite field there's that random deeper part of the wall in you know both left and right and obviously you never want to go straight away but Dansby did pull the ball uh, over 4% more last year than he did in 2022. Uh, and it resulted in some high expected slugging numbers Um, compared to where he actually was. But an expected batting average, he was pretty similar. Um, in terms of, you know, striking out, he did do that uh, quite a bit, but he actually does that, you know, he's kind of always been a high strikeout guy. He did walk a lot more last year than he has in the past, which I like. Uh, but overall, you know, I mean, he's been somewhat average offensively throughout much of his career, but he's been standout defensively and he's also been a very consistent standout on the bases at least three BSR in every season including 2020 uh since 2018 so I have Dansby Swanson in my four
1: yeah for sure uh yeah Wrigley can be pretty weird and um it's it's good for hitters to hit it in that blurred line of like pulled slash straight away like that left center field right yeah because some of those might be considered straight away which is actually like okay, it might be good to hit it straight away here because that's technically, it's it's like 368 to left center, which is like very, very uh, short. Um, there's a lot of, there's, there were a couple home runs that we watched where it was like home run in one out of 30 ballparks. And that one ballpark is, is Wrigley field. Um, so yeah, the, 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 you know, it's a, it's a 110 year old ballpark now. So yeah, things can get pretty, pretty weird, but, uh, Dansby Swanson is my number three on this list uh just uh, a lot of it is is partially due to track record and you know like that that 2023 kind of confirmed like okay this guy guy is a really really good shortstop you know I was actually kind of uh critical of um of fans being angry that the Red Sox didn't get uh Dansby Swanson because I thought that was kind of a fluke fluke year in 2022 but uh, he ended up getting another another four win season, almost five win season uh, this past year, and uh, in the last two seasons, he leads all players in defensive runs above average and outs above average, and also has a 106 OPS plus and a 56% extra base taken rate. Uh, that's pretty phenomenal. That's uh, 14 percentage points above the 2023 MLB league average. Um, that leads to him having the second most F4 among shortstops since 2022 uh so yeah i I think he's been he obviously he's been a phenomenal phenomenal defender while being an above average hitter and very very good base runner and uh i think you know with him doing it two years in a row that proved to me he is uh one of the best shortstops in the game and someone to uh keep an eye on moving forward uh so yeah now who is your number three
0: number three um this might be a hot take. It was certainly a hot take for me because I fully expected to have this guy in the two. Uh, I'm going with Francisco Lindor in my three. I, I came into this, this episode fully prepared to put him in the two, and I ended up putting him in the three, not as any indictment on him, but just because of how impressed I am by the person I ended up putting in my two, and I'm sure you can probably guess who that is. Um, but Francisco Lindor is, I think, very disrespected in general. You know, I mean, I think... He took a lot of heat in the first few months of his Mets tenure, um, and no one has really recognized what he's been since then. He's put up back-to-back six win seasons uh, playing in New York. You know, he's been pretty much what they asked for offensively, a 120 weighted runs created plus in both seasons, elite defense. And last year he had, by far, in fact, the last two years, he's arguably had his two best base running seasons, his uh, first and third best in BSR. Um, so he's just been, I mean, absolutely tremendous. Um, as far as last year, there were a couple slight concerns. Uh, he is popping the ball up a lot more since 2021 or since 2020, I guess his pop-up rate has gone from 4.6% to 10.4% and it's gone up about 2% every year. Um, he is, he did have a lot more fly balls last year, uh, which is good because he also had a jump in exit velocity, although he did also have a, um, career high in strikeout rate. Which, granted, it's only 19.9%, which is still not a lot, but, you know, it is still a career high. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I do think Lindor gets a lot of, takes a lot of heat that maybe he doesn't deserve uh, playing in the New York market, but I think he handles it extremely well, Um, and I think he goes out there and plays like the guy, you know. I mean, this time last year, when Ahmed Rosario and uh, Andres Jimenez are both part of the youth movement that led Cleveland to the playoffs, there were conversations about, you know, did the did Cleveland win this trade? Uh, did the Mets, you know, give up too much to get this guy? We're not having those conversations anymore. Anyone who tries to even entertain those conversations is a lunatic nowadays, right? Rosario's off the team. Jimenez, uh, you know, regressed a lot last year. And Lindor put up the same season that he did in 2023, in 2022. So uh, I have him in my three. Uh, he could be number one at many other positions, given his talents. But I I do think there are two shortstops better than him as of right now, going into twenty twenty four.
1: Right, right. So yeah, that that opens the door for me to talk about Francisco Lindor a little bit more. I have him as my number two, and I think the gap between uh number one and number two is not as far as like the offensive numbers would suggest. Like obviously, um obviously the guy above Francisco Lindor, um had one of the greatest you know one of the best offensive seasons in baseball last year uh but you know like francisco lindor what what makes him so exceptional is how awesome he is at every part of the game uh so just overall in the last two seasons he has a 122 ops plus and the most f4 among shortstops um and along with that it and why I talk about why he's awesome in every part of the game is over the over these last two years, he's top five among shortstops in batting run value, base running runs and defensive runs above average, there's no part of his game that really is weak, there's nothing that's really penetrable. So uh, that's, that's what kind of makes him as, as great as he is. Uh, And he's just been very very consistent as well even his down years have been very very good years and in 2023 alone he had increases in average exit velocity barrel rate sweet spot rate fly ball rate and line drive rate and uh and and yeah so that's that's why i really that's why i really like um like him for 2023 and also um what I may have against him a little bit is, according to outs above average, his defense has been declining. He's gone from, you know, a great like Gold Glove contender to, albeit a very good but not as great uh, defender. It's gone from I think twenty one to twelve to six uh, is where his outs above averages. Although I, I really like, you know, I really like his game because he is so good at every part of the game. Um, and there's nothing you can really complain about when it comes to Francisco Lindor. Um, so uh yeah now on to your number two
0: yeah so my number two this is in fact where i put bobby witt jr you had him understandably in your four um and i was expecting to have him in my three when i came in uh but i looked as much as i could at everything and i i decided to pull the trigger and put him put him up there in the uh in in the two you know i think what we saw out of him from july on is a lot closer to who he is than the way he played before July of last year. From July 28th to the end of the season, Bobby Witt Jr. slashed 323, 369, 598 for 156 weighted runs created plus. Uh, And with elite defense, he had a 3.3 F4. That tied him for fourth most in the majors behind only Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson, uh, all of which were MVP candidates last season. Not to mention he... Plays elite defense, like I said, at shortstop. He is perhaps the best base runner in the league or at least the top five base runner in the league. He has 100th percentile sprint speed. He had 100th percentile base running run value last year. And he had seven BSR. In fact, he has 13.8 BSR in just the first two years of his career. You know, I know you mentioned the the, the defense and the, the way it swayed from 2022 to 23. I do think 2023 is closer to who he is. Um, you know, I think... He's one of those guys where, you know, he's still only going into his age 23 season, right? Like you and I, I think, are both older than Bobby Wood Jr., or at least I definitely am. Uh, You know, I was a senior in high school when he was a senior in high school. And I remember watching uh, a video that like MLB Network did with him before the draft. um, And, you know, that wasn't that long ago at this point. So, uh, you know, he took some time to adjust, but I feel like he's there now. Um, The one thing that he really struggled to do before July of... Ah, uh, this year was hit fastballs, right? He hit 227 with a 402 slugging percentage against four seam fastballs in 2022. And overall, this year he hit 262 with a 524 slugging, which isn't which is pretty good, but definitely there's a lot better. From July 28th on, like I mentioned, he hit 317 and slugged 698 against four seam fastballs. Ah, uh, so I feel like there's a lot of improvement coming with Bobby Witt Jr. this year. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate coming into this season. And I think that this is going to be the true breakout of Bobby Witt Jr. coming in 2024. And I have him in my two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's a, a, a good, a good, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Campaign, little campaign speech there. Um, it, I, I think you're, I think that's kind of, that's, 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 you're you're almost selling me there. Like that was, that yeah. was really well, well, put Listen, like
0: I said, I was, I came into this episode ready to put him in the three behind Lindor. Uh, and like I said, I did put Lindor in the three and that is not, a knock on him. I was just so impressed with my research on Bobby Wade Jr. that I kind of talked myself into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, now on to the number one shortstop. Uh, I imagine we both have him here. But uh yeah, it's Corey Seager. Um and and yeah, a lot of this just has to do with a crazy jump in production and how awesome he was last year. Most of these guys um on the list I'm judging on a two-year scale. Um and I kind of am with Corey Seager as well, but there's just a lot of reasons to suggest why he's going to continue his excellence from 2023 to 2024. Um, so yeah, last year, he was second among all hitters in slugging and OPS, and he was 98th or 99th percentile in all expected categories. Uh, he had 18 more batting run value than the next best shortstop, according to fan graphs. And he was also positive in outs above average and defensive runs saved. Only thing you can really com- uh, complain about is the base running. I think that was maybe a little bit of an outline season. I don't know what was going on there. He did have a hamstring issue. I'm hoping that's not necessarily going to linger. Um, but it, didn't, it obviously didn't have any effect on his hitting uh, as he had a, I think it was a 10-13 OPS or something like that. Um, OPS plus uh, in the either upper 160s or low 170s. Uh, and was so much, so much better than the next best uh, hitting shortstop that I have to put him as my number one. Um, And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, the underlying stuff just matches up his average exit velocity and barrel rate were also astounding. Like it was very comparative to the Shohei Otani's and Aaron judges of the world, which obviously puts you very, very um, in a very, very high regard. Um, So yeah, who is your, who's your number one?
0: Yeah, I mean, my number one, of course, is also Corey Seager. You know, in, in the age of guys like Shohei Otani and and Aaron Judge with the run he went on in 2022, he had one of those in a normal year he would have won MVP-type seasons. People said it with, with Vlad Jr. in 2021, uh, and I feel like Corey Seager had one of those in 2023. Even with, you know, some missed time due to injury, uh, he still put up a 169 weighted runs created plus, like you mentioned, a 1013 OPS. And it really felt like the season that we've been waiting for Corey Seager to have for years now. Because he's had some excellent offensive spurts uh, in otherwise injury-riddled seasons. You could point to a 149, Uh, well, this is, wasn't an injury-riddled season, but you could point to a 149 weighted runs created plus in 2020. You could point to his 146 weighted runs created plus in 2021 heading into his contract. To a good degree, you could even point to his uh 175 weighted runs created plus in 2015 where he was a september call-up uh you know and we, we've all i felt like we've all been waiting for the season where Corey seager puts it all together he keeps up this offensive pace and he's able to stay on the field for most of the season and he stayed on the field enough to qualify you know, right he played 119 games at 536 plate appearances which is not necessarily a full season but it's you know it is enough to qualify for the batting title and like you mentioned all of the batted ball metrics it lines up a 93.3 mile per hour average exit velocity the highest in any season throughout his career a 38 percent sweet spot rate which is elite uh right good enough for 89th percentile uh, he hits the ball hard he lifts it at a good rate you know a 29 percent fly ball rate in texas especially as good a 27 percent line drive rate uh he also just hits every pitch so well how about uh you know a 306 average and a 619 a slug on 14 fastballs with even better expected numbers and then going into run value per 100 2.7 against sliders 2.7 against changeups, 2.7 against sinkers 4.7 against curveballs 3.7 against cutters you can't really beat this guy with anything uh you know he he hits in every location he hits every pitch type uh he is one of the most consistent hitters throughout the league and like i said you can't beat him on anything uh, he only strikes out 16.4% of the time. That's when he did last year. And he's lived under 20% and in many seasons under 15% or around the 15% marker and strikeout rate uh, for every season. He's been in the top 10% of the league uh, in expected slugging every year since 2020. Same with expected batting average, same with expected Woba. Uh, and yeah, we finally got to see it all put together last season. and. I feel like we've been waiting to say this for a few years, but Corey Seager is the number one shortstop in baseball.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. With the With the, with the batted ball metrics as good as they were, like it, as I said, it's, it's comparative to judge Otani Jordan Alvarez. And that's while being a positive defender at the shortstop position, that's yeah. pretty unbelievable. And um, to go with that, like uh, if you, I, I, calculated it yesterday like his f4 over 650 plate appearances would have been 7.4 um which is an excellent obviously mvp caliber season and um you know he has had his his injury history but part of that has just been bad luck like uh in 2021 he was out because he got hit and hit on the wrist with a fastball and that took him out for i think like six weeks or something like that in uh in 20 in a last year like he did have a hamstring issue but a, part of his il time was with a thumb injury which i think had to do with him getting hit or something to do with a foul ball so that's not something that's necessarily supposed to linger it's just a weird you know injury that comes with um getting hit or, or whatever so i don't think that injury history is necessarily something that we have to worry about worry about as much as we do with like mike trout or like obviously jacob Grand when he was uh when, when he was on the field, like with, with Corey Seager, I think that we can rely on him to go out and play 130 games this year. Um, that's not something I would have a problem betting on. So, um, so yeah, um, I, I expect more things, maybe even, you know, he could get that home run total to, to 40 this year. Like there's, there's a lot to be excited about with Corey Seager. Um, but yeah, that shall do it for the rankings. Now we will get into the 10 through one of uh of the list uh do you want to you want to go over your 10 through one um for the shortstop position
0: yeah i would love to so at 10 i put jp crawford by the way i was very close to putting jackson holiday at the 10 uh or mm-hmm. even the 9 he was my 11 though uh yeah but jackson holiday very excited for him. at number 10 i have jp crawford number nine i have willie adamas number eight carlos correa number seven xander bogarts number six boba Number five, Trey Turner. Number four, Jansby Swanson. Number three, Francisco Lindor. Number two, Bobby Witt Jr. And number one, Corey Seager.
1: Right, yeah, like first base, the same ten, but um, in in fairly different orders this yeah. this time around. Um, I think we we made yeah have we did like- we
0: did have quite a lot of discrepancies in the order. I think the only ones we agreed on were one and nine. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Oh. Um, so yeah, my number 10 was Carlos Correa number nine was, uh, Willie Adamas, eight JP Crawford, seven Boba six Trey Turner, five Xander Bogarts, four Bobby Witt Jr., three Dansby Swanson, two Francisco Lindor, and one Corey Seager. All right. So yeah, that shall do it for, uh, this week's positional rankings and this edition of above replacement radio um we hope you enjoyed this one if you are listening on apple podcast or spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens go to the youtube channel it is called above replacement radio we have playlists for uh both the uh p- all the positional rankings individually as well as uh hall of fame bubble case breakdowns guest interviews and also shout out to the baseball history series of course oh, uh nice. where we have a playlist for that um and then uh, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we will be ranking the top 10 relief pitchers and second basemen for 2024. We will see you then. This conversation, this conversation is over is over.